The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. What's in your wallet? All right, it feels good to be back in the chair here. A lot of people wondered if I was suspended for a day for my college football rant to open the show on Monday. Oh, yeah? Because how soft everybody's getting. Everyone's obsessed with punishment now. Soft. Talk to me about it. Obsessive. Not enough. Why would I get... Why would I get suspended for a fire take that was right and everyone loved? I should get I should get promoted. Right. Not suspended for the way I started the week here. Uh, it's a Rosilla show. Will Kane again. Straight talk. Time for straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. I don't know what it is, but I, I feel recharged, rejuvenated. 24 hours in the city. The cité. Your home. See my kids? I didn't have time. Oh. oh. Um... Studio fifty four? No. Didn't uh didn't go out. Didn't go out. It was a Monday. School night. This New York is... City, man. Never sleeps. Oh, trust me. There's all sorts of weird stuff, but no, very uh very tame. Celebrity sighting. I saw a Jesse Palmer billboard. That was pretty cool. Wait, 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 wait. Your celebrity sighting was a billboard? Yeah, Jesse Palmer. And by the way, Palmer's gonna talk to his agent. His name is so small on the billboard. That's because he's a face jock. I mean, he's down. I'm telling you, like at some point your fame. You don't need the name. It's like Beyonce? Yeah, you think Who's more put... famous, Palmer or Beyonce? What market are we talking about? The world. It's close. I met Adam Morrison, Gonzaga. I went to the first half of Zags Villanova, MSG, world's most famous arena. Nice. You did spend your the time Mecca. in New York City well. Yeah, I did. I walked around Soho, which I like. Yeah. I, I saw Will Reeve. It was unbelievable. 24 Did hours. Did you bump into Will Reeve? No. You we, hook, you... we made a social plan to, to get together and have uh, one Peroni. How about that? Yeah. I didn't even know if he used a fake ID to get in or not. <laughs> <laughs> Be that honest. So when young. you reached out to Will Reeve, did yes. you think, and I'm not questioning how much you like Will Reeve. I know you like Will Reeve. But did you, you think it sounds like you're chance? questioning if I like Will Reed? No, I know you like, you've never texted me when you come into the city and when apparently you're on the first name basis with everybody at your favorite hotel. Take care of your your car. What do you think I thought when you're telling me this whole story? I'm like, huh, he comes to the city a lot. Not one text. No, no. Did you think that Will might bring company that you would be interested in meeting? Like the, <laughs> you mean like the Jonas Brothers or one yeah, Jonas? Totally what I mean. A bonus Jonas, as as Bubba likes to say. Uh, no, I, I like Will Reeve, and he told me that he lives next door to my favorite hotel. Mm. So I thought, hey, I know you had a long weekend. If you want to walk across the street, I'm across the street. If you don't, no big deal. We watched some of the Cincinnati. BTW, don't come alone. Yeah. No, he did. It did. It was just me. And then, uh, you know, we uh, we watched some football and that was it. So I don't know. Is this interesting to anybody? Because I feel like I dragged it out a little too long. I'm sorry. But I don't know. It's something about being in the city, man. It's something about, you know, you're up here. I love Connecticut. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, just being down there, moving, shaking, 40-40 club, saw it outside, took a picture of it during the there. day. I've been there. You've been there at night? I've done bottle service at the 4040 Club. This is like sitting, this is like doing the show me. with Jay-Z. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> so anyway, all right, that was the last 24 hours. Moving ahead, uh, that Monday night game, which I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about, but we've talked about because of the suspensions, the injury, the intent, the violence of that game. And then we've had Juju Schuster-Smith suspended for a game. Ioka, he has had his suspension reduced now, so he's not, he's not, getting the the game anymore but Gronk got a game and now everybody's kind of doing speaking of obsessed with suspensions and punishments mm-hmm. the second guessing of Gronkowski's only one game suspension for his hit on Tredavious White here's Lewis Riddick 
What's interesting to me, though, now is when you look at the Gronk situation and you look at the Mike Evans situation and you see, okay, now you just see the end result, one game for Gronk, one game for George Iloka, one game for Juju Smith-Schuster. How can you not subjectively sit here and say what Gronk did is much worse? How can you not? How can you oh, not yes. say I don't that. think you can. How I asked so how, yesterday. How, so, you know what, people, I, now the next question is going to be, well, how can you give him one game yeah. and give Juju Smith-Schuster one That's game? That's exactly how can the you make that? How can you make that comparison? Right. But the league right now, if you want to change the game, still keeping the game at its base the same, if you want to start disciplining people, you better come up with a better way of being consistent about this because when you do this where it looks exactly like Tim said, when you're disciplining off the net result and it looks like you're being reactionary, like let's take the temperature, let's see what people yeah, are saying are about be, this. If we, if we are suspend- they going to be mad? Yeah. Let's hit them. The- if they're not going to be mad, mm, like you here's s- a fine. You, you can't do that. Right, so Juju Smith-Schuster out for the game. Is Gronk's hit worse than any of the stuff we saw for Monday night? Uh, it's not even close. Yes. Yes. I mean... I agree that it's worse. You do? Yeah. It's easy to diagnose. He did it after a play. He did it. All he had to do was touch Tredavious White. Play's dead. He was already out of bounds. Play was. Oh, he, okay. Yeah. So the play if, was if I dead. Go back and remember he didn't even have it, to yeah. be touched at all. Yeah, I don't think he was even in bounds. He came from behind. It was backfighting. He loaded up with the intention to hurt. Juju Smith Schuster, I don't think in any way should receive the same suspension as Rob Gronkowski. Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't think should be suspended at all. His hit was in the course of a play. I guess his sin is standing over Vontez Perfect at the end because I got to tell you, I think the hit's clean. Yeah, him standing over, it's what's screwing up Juju on this deal, okay? And I also think in the course of that game, it starts turning into how can I get my shot in while I'm still playing the game? Like I think whatever the bar of, of respecting your opponent is, Higher, lower, however you want to phrase it, you you start doing different stuff in that Pittsburgh Cincinnati game. What I would ask though is, can something be worse, and then therefore it doesn't have to necessarily be more of a suspension? That's that's what I'm getting at here. Yeah, I think we all agree the Gronk thing is worse, but does it mean that it has to be two games versus one game? Should it be four games? Because when you start doing this stuff, like I understand the NFL just going. Yep, this is bad. This is bad. This is a little bit worse. The thing with the hit on Lattimore by Mike Evans. Okay, I understood what he was doing there. If you start doing this whole thing where it's like, this is worse. This was rank them all in order. Let's have power rankings of whose hit was the worst or who was the most dangerous. And the most dangerous has to get this maximum number. Like we actually want to make it more complicated because we think that helps with fairness. When I'm saying, even though it may not be fair, we got to stop acting like children. Every single punishment announcement going, well, that one's worse. Well, that one's worse. This one's worse than that one. How come these guys? Hey, the NFL's just going, look, that one's bad. That one's bad. I know they're different. They're a game. All right, move on. Okay. And I think that's fair. Let me ask you something quickly, Sir Rudy. Do you agree with what Ryan just said, that it's inconsistent and that's fine? I don't think it's okay. All right, so this is interesting. Sir Rudy and I had this debate yesterday while you were out, and that's the College Football Playoff Committee has made it clear that they don't want to set any standards, right? They want to have the freedom of inconsistency. They want to have the freedom to do what they want without being questioned as to their standards. Because every year will be different. And both you and Sir Rudy like that. You like that freedom from the committee. There are others that want standards and they want everything defined so they understand the process of how you arrive at your conclusions. When it comes to this justice, the meeting out of discipline, Ryan, I mean, I think this is what I get what you're saying. We can't have this thing scripted out to the sentence and the letter and every potential possibility of a hit to say this is how this one is distinguished from that one. and It's a different punishment. But at the same time, and I don't mean, look, man, like a seminal moment in history was when. 
the British monarch was forced to concede the idea of the Magna Carta. We're going to write laws down. It's not just going to be whatever the king says. And when the king, in this case, being Roger Goodell, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel fair that his hammer of justice, swinging that gavel, is the only thing that matters. It might be nice to have some clarity on how you arrive at your decisions. But even if they gave us that, if they gave us this clarity, the defined things, and put all of this stuff down in writing, we would still be going, well, wait a minute, before in 2015, you said this. and that. I just don't understand why people get so worked up about this stuff anymore. The Gronk hits worse, mm-hmm. but does that mean it has to be extra games? By the way, are you surprised it's a locus hit? that the suspension was rescinded on? I mean, Schuster's hit is the one I would say rescind the hit on. Aloka's was dirtier. Aloka, well, no, I, a lot of times on those passes with guys in the secondary, I always try to give them the benefit of the doubt because the target always seems to go low. As they, and It's pretty clear. He's like, I'm going to light up Antonio Brown here. But Brown pops right back up. I think the player getting up helps you. Tredavious White not being injured, eventually, you know, granted a bloody mouth, gets up and is able to walk away where – the perfect thing looked really bad for a time. So I think that, I think it becomes that intended. Yeah. What's the intention, but then ends like, what was the end result? Anyway, straight talk, wireless nationwide coverage on America's largest and most dependable 4G LTE networks. I don't think the NFL MVP is Brady. We'll discuss that one next here with Will Kane at CSPN radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. Today's horoscope brought to you by GEICO. Capricorns, today is a perfect day for romance and fun-filled activities with your partner. And by fun-filled activities, we mean shopping for car insurance. Luckily, you'll find that switching to GEICO could save you hundreds of dollars a year. You'll keep this day of romance going at the hardware store by arguing for half an hour over the color of your backsplash. Love is indeed in the air, Capricorns. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I was thinking about doing this Russell Wilson segment, but I feel like now everybody's kind of catching on to this whole deal. If I had a vote, I don't, for NFL MVP, I would give it to Russell Wilson. I think what he's doing is incredible, and that's I didn't think I would say that at this, like probably a few weeks ago, and maybe I'll change my mind again, but I realized then it wasn't that original. Like A lot of people think that he should get it. I think more people would go with Brady. I'd go with Brady. What about Carson Wentz? Wilson Wentz? Well, I don't know. Does it matter between second and third? It's... You would vote Brady one. Who? No, I'm just curious. Who would you vote second if you had a vote? Wentz's stats are amazing. Here's the thing. I'm with you on Wilson. It doesn't really show up in his statistics. Like, this isn't his own best statistical year. 2015 was off the charts for Russell Wilson. But if you watch Seahawks games, you realize this guy is amazing. He's carrying this team. And he's doing things on the field that make you go, I don't know how you beat Russell Wilson. 
if he's, I will say this, he's carrying his team in a way that I think the other two are not. It's more on his shoulders than it is on Brady and Wentz's shoulders. But Brady at age 40 is just undeniable, man. I mean, his passer rating is QBR, four interceptions. It's absolutely astounding. There is one stat, though, that's pro-Russ. He is 85.7% of the Seahawks' offense this year. So yeah. if you really break that down, for every 10 yards they gain, he's gaining 8.5. I mean, yeah. I know you could do that math in your head. And Give maybe I'm... <laughs> you did? Six. All right. Well, you can, I'll write it down. I'll show you my work a little bit later. So... I guess, I, yeah, the Brady thing's tough, and I don't know. Like, am I doing this to be a little different? Am I trying to be like, hey, look at me. I'm going to vote for Russell Wilson. I don't vote, so it doesn't really matter. All right, but I don't want to do that because I've heard a lot of people doing it, so I don't think it's super original. This is something that I know you've been talking about as we kind of just talk about everything that's been happening um, recently, and I don't know if this is really about a college running back as much as it's something else. Well, the story that's out right now is Oklahoma running back. is It's Ray Anderson, right, um, is accused of – sexual assault. He's accused of rape from an incident that occurred on November 16th. Now, I have no idea. I have no idea the facts in that case. I have no idea his guilt or innocence. I have no idea how it will pan out, nor do I think I should have judgment on that right now. But I have been saying to you over the last couple of weeks, hey, man, this stuff that we're reading about in Hollywood with Harvey Weinstein and Ratner and Simmons and just the names keep adding up. And in the media industry, from Charlie Rose to Matt Lauer, this storm is coming for sports. There's just no way that, A, sports is, and I'm talking about sports media and athletes and franchises and the entire apparatus, there's no way that it's devoid of sexual harassment. There's no way that it's devoid of sexual assault. And it's coming. Those clouds are gathering on the horizon, and that story will start taking down familiar names and familiar figures as we go. I feel very confident in that being the case. But I think before it comes, and you and I will have these conversations, possibly on a weekly basis, it's incumbent upon you and me. It's incumbent upon everyone out there to ask ourselves, what is the burden of proof? It's a very, very important question because accusations in the current climate, seem to be the judge, jury, and executioner of the situation when it comes to someone's employment. Be very clear here, okay? I'm not saying a bunch of dudes aren't guilty. I'm not saying that Harvey Weinstein is in any way innocent. By the way, have you seen New York Times today? I have not. I read this story this morning. This is the story about Harvey Weinstein's, like, revenge, retaliation, and protection racket. Everyone around him that ensured that none of this stuff came out for so long— I just wanted to show you this. I think it's fascinating. Look at the picture they chose. To yeah, they didn't, they didn't use a great picture of old Harvey on this one. I know we're on the radio, but but you know what I think is fascinating? Like, it looks like a cartoon. He's happy and smiling as you paint a picture with your words of a monster. But see, I think that everybody that picks out these images for any kind of story, like if there's something where it ends up with, like I've seen certain things, like some of the people who didn't like my college football rant, they did a screen grab of me looking like an absolute moron to like prove a further point. As if the screen grabs the first thing that you see and you go, oh, like you want to sell your point that, you know, Ryan Rosillo is wrong about something by getting a mid nose pick in a screen grab. Yes. And but what does this picture tell you? This is like trying to do something where he looks happy. It almost looks like he's he's posing with a family and like he's everybody else is edited out and it's Christmas and 
This is a dude, Ryan, to me, in this picture, it says, can't touch me. I'm above it all. Yeah. Teflon Don. Anyway, that's the story kind of that comes out. I thought it was interesting. But the point I'm getting to is this. If you make this point that I'm making, and I think it's important, you're not suggesting that sexual harassment doesn't exist. You're not suggesting that sexual assault doesn't exist. And you're not even suggesting that these aren't real. They're clearly real. These are more than he said, she said. You know, with Harvey Weinstein, it's he said, she said, she said, she said, she said. It's a lot. (laughs) But it's a lot there. Yeah, it's coming. The point is the storm is coming. And as we analyze each and one of these instances as they come, we need to establish what our burden of proof is. What is the standard of guilt? We know what it is in the criminal justice system. What is it when we banish you, when we exile you from our consciousness, from our employment, from our public spheres? What is the burden of proof? I don't know the answer other than accusation is today. Okay, do you think anybody listens to what you say there and goes, hey, that's a really good point, or they go, oh, it's Will Cain again, and he's arguing the unpopular side? They will say, Will Cain, man, I always knew he was pro-sexual harassment. (laughs) Like, this is what it will get reduced to. Yeah, because I'm running around, you know, let's see if we can. So what what would you say in the aftermath of, like, the Ezekiel Elliott thing? Because the Ezekiel Elliott thing, I've read— so many different versions of it because it went on for so long, and I cannot like her and still believe her. Sure. That's, yeah. But no, So, like, do you think that... Ezekiel Elliott is... Is it your law degree that you look at the Ezekiel Elliott thing and go, you know what, that's still messed up that it's six games because, you know, you just kind of went with some stuff here. In a way, Ezekiel Elliott is the canary in the coal mine for this entire thing in the sports world. Like Sports, right. We're not in comparing the sports him to world. Harvey Weinstein. No, right. Like... We're going to have these instances. we got to sort out how we establish innocence and guilt. And I think that's what the entire fight over Ezekiel Elliott was for six months, for a, whatever it ended up being. Um, what What is our standard for when we say, you know what, you're not going to be employed for the next six games? You know what? We're taking away your microphone. We're taking away your job. We're taking away a lot of things. And again... It's not to suggest that the accusations are false. It's not to suggest this stuff doesn't exist, because I think I started with this saying it does, and it's going to come. But knowing that, we need to establish what our burden of proof is, what our standards are before we start imposing punishments. Hit us up at Rosillo Show, 1-800-Flowers.com, Twitter feed. Okay, uh, I know that there was another thing that I wanted to get to with you where everybody seemed to get upset with you on the first take deal. Uh, Dana Rossini is going to drop by. She's going to be in studio with us. She's been awesome on some of the biggest NFL stories the last couple of weeks. But Damian Woody on college coaches moving on. So Woody will talk some NFL, but specifically about the Jimbo Fisher deal, Florida State. He was on with Golick and Wingo this morning, so still a lot to do here. That's all coming up next on ESPN Radio. Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the fire. I'm the power in the train. I have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm the dream. You should know that. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people. Every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at kronos.com slash HR swagger.
Damian Woody, big dog, here in the house. Will Kane, the Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. I want to get back to some of the reaction from the previous segment from Will Kane because it was exactly what I think we thought was <laughs> no, going to happen. Better, better. Oh, it's even better. Okay. I did this a little bit, though, Damian. If I had an MVP vote, I'd go with Russell Wilson. What about you? It's a pretty good choice because I look when, when, when I'm thinking about MVP, I look at momentum, especially like late in the season. You know what I mean? And when you look at Russell Wilson and I know a lot of people talk about the line and, you know, he's back there running for his life, which he literally is, seems like every game. But the guy has put up incredible numbers in spite of, you know, the, the, the deck that he's been handed. Um, then when you play big games, when you play big games against, you know, another MVP type guy in Carson Wentz and it was clear who had the better game, it's going to elevate your, it's going to elevate your stock in that category. Can I ask you about the offensive line? Because some detractors would say, well, this is Russ running away from them, and then it's more frustrating because his sack total has always been high every year he's been in the league mm-hmm. because he's run around so much. But what exactly is it now that it does look like somebody who at the snap decides to dart in reverse in either direction? I mean, it just is that all on the offensive line, or is that where he's becoming comfortable just playing that style? I think it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I think for, for years he's been doing that, and sometimes I think – you know, now it's kind of ingrained in you. And I think one thing that Russell Wilson does extremely well is he improvises off of, off of that. Because a lot of the times when you're running around, the defense, they lose track of receivers, and then you create huge chunk plays down the field. And Russell Wilson is hard is a hard guy to, to tackle and bring down. So that's how he provides that, that element that defenses really can't account for, even with a bad offensive line. But I want to get back to – to the you know to what we were talking about originally mm-hmm. the MVP, I would vote for Brady. To be honest with you, I just think that there's this Brady Patriot fatigue out there, and it's like LeBron. LeBron could be the MVP every year. He's really deserving of MVP every year, but they're not going to do it because there's a LeBron fatigue, and you know as far as the NBA is concerned, I think the same thing with the Patriots and Tom Brady. They're just there every single year, and people's like. Oh God, man! I don't want to vote for this guy again. Oh, I don't want to see this team again. I want to go in a different direction. And I think this is another case. And I'm not knocking Russell Wilson or Carson Wentz because they're putting up really good numbers. But you're talking about a 40 year old quarterback putting up these type of numbers. I mean, I don't know if people really wrap their mind around that. That's crazy. Yeah, up top, I, I'm with you. Cosine. The interception touchdown ratio thing every year now. You just go, this is stupid. It's stupid. You're exactly right, too. It's like Jordan and LeBron fatigue. Yeah. Just, eh, fine. yeah. Can, we see if, can, we, can we find something? Brady's new? only won it twice. Yeah, which is crazy. All right. Um, quick rapid fire, Damien. So, Rob Gonkrowski, one game suspension, right or wrong? Um, I think it's wrong. Um, I know a lot of, you know, a lot of people are going to point to the suspension that uh, Mike Evans got for the hit on Marshawn Lattimore, and they will say, okay. That got that warranted one game, so Gronk is going to get one game. But I, I also think that optics plays a huge factor, a huge role in this as well. Because when people, the public looks at it, they look at a guy in Gronk who clearly took out his frustration on the guy, clearly after the play was over, could have jeopardized the, the you know, Tredavious White's career and put him in concussion protocol. That in and of itself, in my opinion, warrants more than just one game. I mean, you... The league always talks about protecting the shield, protecting the integrity of the shield. 
mean, you got to, you got to, I think you got to bring down the house on a, on a guy like that. Uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about coaches, and this is college pro, but but college we get way more upset about it. So McAdoo, this is all professionals, everybody's getting paid, so it isn't really the same. But when Jimbo leaves, the first day we see DeAndre Francois, the quarterback, say, oh, no no text, no call, no nothing, and then everybody gets even more mad about Jimbo. Jimbo was on this morning with Golik and Wingo saying, look, it's not ideal. I tried to get in a team meeting. He wasn't in the team meeting. What do you think – I can't ask you what do you think should be right because we know the answer to that, but why are we so critical of wanting this exit to be so perfect when we realize that a lot of times these decisions, they can't be executed with the perfection that the public wants? You know, it's kind of like when a quarterback, you know, of legendary status, or a lot of players, you know, who are <clears throat> who's had long, prestigious careers, and the ending comes out, what fans or people perceive is wrong because it's just hard to, it's hard to say goodbye. It's hard. It's hard to come to an ending where everybody feels, Oh man, this is great. Like Mm -hmm. John Elway went out in like the perfect scenario Mm -hmm. that rarely happens where you just have this perfect ending, perfect scenario. And I just think that in a, in a capitalistic society where you see opportunity, you're going to take it. There's just no real, there's no real ending that's going to satisfy everybody. And we can debate this until, until the cows come home. But it's just at the end of the day, that's just not what's going to happen. Whether it's Jimbo, there's going to be many other coaches. This is going to, this is going to happen. We've seen it with the college kids as far as bowl games. They're like, I got to think about my future. You know, I, my teammates are going to play in the bowl, but you know, I got to think about myself right now. Would you have been mad? If a coach left you after committing to him, at the I, yeah, I would have. I would have because I mean, at, anyone who says, "Oh, I'm committing to the university," is is BSing themselves. Mm-hmm. You're committing to the coach. You're committing to the, you know, the the culture that he's bringing. You're committing to the system that he's implementing in his program. It's not necessarily the university. I mean, that's part of it, but a big reason why a guy goes to Michigan they want to play for Jim Harbaugh they go to Al- they want to play for Nick Saban wait, wait, wait a minute though don't you think like Alabama Michigan Florida State and some of those schools like Texas you're if you grow up around there it's more about putting that uniform on isn't it i think a lot of the I schools think are some, coaches i think, I think some a of it of i think there's i think i think some of it is but i i, I can tell you as you know a, a 17 18 year old and I'm, trust me a lot of those kids thinking about how do i make it to the pros mm mm-hmm. Who's going to give me the best chance to get there? Yeah, putting on Alabama uniform is nice, but I'm thinking Nick Saban is going to give me the best. Nick Saban or a Jim Harbaugh, they're going to give me the best opportunity to realize my dream. And that's really the bottom line for a lot of these kids coming out of high school. All right, good stuff, Damian. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. That's Damian Woody. Okay, this is newsworthy, and it's scary, and it's the fires out in Los Angeles. And our man Will Kane, actually, when he was at Pepperdine, first-hand uh, encounters with this deal. So we want to talk about that a little bit here, and uh, we'll get back to football as well. It's coming up next for Solo Show, ESPN Radio. And now another edition of Obvious News from Geico. Obvious Experts now say that wearing more clothes in the winter will, in fact, help you be warmer. We asked cold victim Trent Patterson about this, and here's what he said. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I I was a little cold, put on a sweater, then 
wasn't cold. I was like, what? Also in obvious news, GEICO makes it easy to save money and easy to reach them with licensed agents available around the clock. So switching is a really smart decision. That's obvious news from GEICO. Just a few minutes ago, we talked about that I feel like we ought to consider either individually, organizationally, societally, setting some burdens of proof, some standards on allegations that we have issues that are clearly running rampant in our society from entertainment, uh, media, Hollywood, that's coming for sports. We might consider, right? And what'd you say? You said, how's this going to be received? Like how it will be reduced? How will it be received? Will anyone listen to what you said or will they have made up their mind like a predetermined, oh, here goes Will Kane arguing. Pro-sexual harassment. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I I was actually going to make a less of a like volatile claim, but you win. Well, I've been inside my own Twitter feed long enough to know how this stuff is reduced. So I sure. just wanted to read you one because I thought this guy just went. You he just went beyond it? the, there's Will, champion of sexual harassment. Here it is. Will Kane just basically admitted he's next. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. I'm sorry to hold laugh, on. but I mean, that is. Hey, you almost applaud this guy. Yeah, he yeah, got right to it. I... Will Kane just basically admitted he's next and he probably committed sexual harassment or assault, but women should have to have concrete proof before he can be accused. So what I'm doing, man, is I'm laying down some like insulation before it comes from me. That's let me tell this guy something. I think his name is Diedrich. Let me tell you somebody. All this, I'm clean. There's job openings for me. That's what the result of this is. This is you, this is you pointing at yourself right now. <laughs> I might put my name in for today's show. I could see you. You're more of a morning show guy than I am. There's two slots open. I think the industry understands that. Because whenever when all my buddies that you know, went over to the network side, I would I would say, what are you doing? Like, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to talk about this stupid crap and the best way to use Ziploc bags a second time? And I can give you, know, you 25 million reasons why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't know. In the beginning, I didn't know. And they go, low-end network TV, over 10 million. Matt Lower. Lauer was making 25 million a year. People get mad in network TV. They're like, I'm only making 13 million. I'm at least 20 if that guy's 25. And then, you know, a car service picked us up to, like, bring us out to a dinner, and a dude had a second apartment, and I go, what is what is this? Like, network TV, baby. I go, okay. Let me tell you something. How do you reuse Ziploc bags yeah. and dressing up for Halloween? Saying Pays happy birthday well. to 108-year-old people. Yes. You know? Oh, my gosh. What an interesting stroller. That is amazing. It elevates. Yeah. So what are you doing with the paprika? <laughs> I didn't know. I have no idea that network, but I just, I think I know myself well enough that that's going to be a tough transition at 42. I, <laughs> you're so morning. You're so morning TV. Yeah. Just morning TV. You'll be fun. Maybe local. Maybe the local fun, morning. That's even better for you. Right. Hey guys, what are you guys doing at the pumpkin festival again this year? This is 80 years running. And, you know, you'll be a really fun year. It's just the year that Ryan Rosillo hosted the Today Show. Like, at what point? does the 20 mil wear off? Like when you do the Ziploc bag segment for the fourth time, <laughs> can you tell yourself cha-ching, cha-ching? Because I have actually questioned that you could. That's a great question. And I'm putting I w- the over-under on five and a half months. Am I married with kids? I don't know. Because then money means more to you? Right. I mean, if you made 20 million in one year and didn't have any dependents, like I would talk the hell out of that Ziploc bag up, but then I'd be done. You're right. I mean, you're starting to really know me that, it, you know, if it's not content, I don't want to do. 
Well, do you think you'd say I've been here five months? That means I've racked in. Let's see. I couldn't quit five twelve. So I'm about no. You're nine million in. No, but see, the thing is, there'd be a contract. It'd be three years on the deal or something like that. So, and that's the thing is, when you sign the contract, even though you haven't been paid the money, you think like, hey, all that money's mine. You're like, well, it's not in your account yet. That's the whole. Like people are like, why is Patino fighting for all this extra money? Hasn't he made enough? We're like, no, no, because he wrote a contract. He thinks he's owed all that. That's how right. we all do the math in our head. You sign a contract, the money could take three, five years to come in, but you're counting that money. You're buying against that money. And then you're talking Ziploc bags. All right. I do want to get to this because it's, it's serious, but I think it's great perspective from you because our friends out in the West Coast, people listening out in the greater Los Angeles area, and you know how much I like it out there, you know, you hear about these California fires and you think, oh, that's all the way out there. It's this area. It's, this is scary stuff. Have you seen any of these videos? People driving. I think the 405 is closed now. I don't know if they've reopened it since I was watching the videos this morning. But you, you dealt with this when you went out to school there. Man, I was a small-town kid from Texas who – my experience with natural disasters was occasional tornado warning. You know, when we were kids, we got under the desks or something when they said, when the tornado siren went off, but it really was limited exposure. Four years in California, I experienced two massive wildfires, the Northridge earthquake and multiple mudslides. Because what happens is after these wildfires is months later, then they have to endure the mudslide natural disaster, loose soil that now has no... Uh, vegetation to hold it in, you get a rain, and it just comes right off the hill and onto the highways and into homes. I'll tell you, man, so it's hard to, it, it really, unless you've experienced these fires, it's hard to, like, abstractly conceive them. You're like, ah, don't they move slow? I mean, plenty of time? How does this, it's just impossible to, I went to Pepperdine twice, we evacuated campus. Once, the fires came to the edge of campus Students off of the campus, firefighters take it over. They're coming in with the planes, the big belly planes that can hold water that they scoop up out of the ocean, helicopters dropping on the fires. And the level of smoke that infiltrates everything is just, I don't, I, it's just amazing. We, you know, we cancel water polo practice as long as we could. I was on the water polo team out there for all those people that question my athleticism. Scrub, independent. Look, you're not. Water polo, <laughs> you're either good at it or you, you drown. I mean, that's. That's well, man, I think let one me of the hardest sports of all time. That smoke hangs in the air, and like you have a practice for an hour and a half, and it's like you did a practice with a Marlboro Red in your lips the whole time. Your lungs are burning by the end of practice. Not even by the end, during practice. You're just inhaling smoke constantly. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the stuff, and one of the fire alerts is just north of, of Santa Monica, north of Beverly Hills. So it's the footage that you're watching of this is so much closer then what you're used to, I'll admit, as an East Coast guy, you look at it, you go, okay, middle of nowhere. All right, that's scary. It sucks about all the vegetation, but what are we talking about here? These fires, there's three separate fires going here right now. So, I mean, did you, you evacuated when you oh, were at Pepperdine? Oh, yeah. We evacuated, yeah. Like, what do you do? Honestly, you're in college. Yeah, well, I get that part of you just drink the whole time. But that's exactly what we do. Where do you sleep? Buddies' houses who lived off campus. So I was on the polo team, older players. Some of whom, by the way, just, off campus. It's just worth saying uh, have experienced. I, one of my teammates lost family in the the ones that were up in, in Northern California a few weeks ago in some of these fires. Right. Um, but that's what we did. We'd go stay with older players. You had to get off campus. You had to go find someplace else to stay. Will Kane, the Rosillo Show, reminding you: you listen to all three hours of the show on your phone on your ESPN app. So Jimbo Fisher did the thing that no one seems to like. He took a better job financially, maybe not as far as football ideology, and I want to say A&M over Florida State, but he took a job that paid him a lot more money, got him out of the state of Florida, 
and we never like the way these guys do it. He talked about that. You're going to hear from him next from Golik and Wingo right here on ESPN Radio. 